We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. There we go. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday night, the 27th of June. I just can't believe how fast this month has gone by. And that means it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, on these Tuesday evening shows, Carl Dummler. Carl, how you doing, buddy? What's uh, what's new with you? Uh, not a whole lot. Doing pretty good. Sent the, the daughter off to camp. Mm. Son and I are going on a little trip tomorrow to go pick up a pickup, actually. Okay. And uh, and then I got a, a weekend by myself. Very rare these days with, with three kids. And so I don't even know what I'm going to do with myself. I might go golf in a few days. There you go. Probably should do that. Might make myself a couple steaks. I, I don't know. The I got a lot of options. I, I might freeze myself just trying to figure out what I want to do. Well, you can immerse yourself in all this Broncos content that we got going on here over at Mile High Huddle, of course. And uh, everybody in the chat, maybe some people in the chat want to hang out with you too. Let's say hello to some folks coming in here. Uh, sorry, we are a little bit late-ish this morning. The boss man chat said, don't start before 610 Mountain Time. So here we are. 6.15-ish Mountain Time, uh, so good to go. Dylan Von Arx in the house saying, sup, guys, make sure you guys hit that like button. Mike Guest in here, what's up? How you doing? Kevin Gray's in the house, good to see you. Todd Ostendorf, Todd's always good to see you. I hope you're doing well. Got our guy David Knucklerath coming in way early with the big-time Super Chat coming in here supporting us. $5 saying, good evening, Broncos country, Nick, Carl, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. MHH for life, buckum, 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 and Denver Broncos for life. Thank you so much, David. Hope you're doing well, and... uh God bless you, man. Thank you so much for supporting us as what's up one more month until training camp. Yeah. Hopefully we made it through mandatory mini camp and rookie OTAs. As far as I know, with no serious injuries to players that are projected to have large roles. So that's good. First big hurdle through there. Um, hopefully we can keep that going. Baron Browning. Okay. You know what? Good call. He was injured before that technically, right. but you're right. That is a good one. I totally then that would cause the Frank Clark signing. So maybe we're net equal on that one with uh, that, yeah. but that's a good call. Baron Browning. Now I'm sad, um, but the only one month all <laughs> training camp. Good to see us. Uh, see chain string guy coming in here. Hey Dylan. Hey BTB. I think Marvin Mims will beat out a, a starter and become wide receiver three in training camp. If he is not injured, just based on his speed, everyone knows Russ loves long passes. Any thoughts? So Marvin Mims displacing one of Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton or Tim Patrick. What do you think here? 
I don't think so. I mean, I think it's going to be a four-person rotation. Mm-hmm. So he's still going to get plenty of reps because those other guys will need rest every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And so especially with him being the first pick of, of this new staff, they're going to want to play with their new weapon out there on the field. So, but I, I wouldn't say he's going to be the starter. You know, those other three, they're very established veterans at this point. You know, whether they're true number ones or number twos or whatever, I mean, that's still up for debate. But like I said, I, I think they're going to ease the rookie into coming in for the for the offense. I agree with you completely. I, obviously, they are excited to have him here. Uh, they did they trade up slightly for him too, right? To get up to sixty three to get him. Yeah. God, the, the time time's a blur. But uh, they moved up slightly to get him. This is the, the first pick of the Sean Payton era as well. And talking about speed, Payton also likes to have a guy with some speed. So I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up getting the third most reps of the wide receivers. Also, the thing is, and we found this all out way too well last season, but injuries are going to happen. And at the wide receiver position, that was a God three or four years ago. We were just absolutely, absolutely decimated at wide receiver. And it was just horrible uh, out there. I mean, just no offense to the guys out there taking the field, but it was pretty damn bad. So having the, the quality of depth that the Broncos have is pretty good. And we know damn well, they were at least listening to offers for Sutton and Judy this off season. Well, now you have all four of those guys here, but I'd be pretty shocked if all four of them are here next season, like a year from now, and then Mims could really be stepping up into a wide receiver, two wide receiver, three kind of position. But this year, I think if if Mims ends up the clear-cut wide receiver three guy, maybe maybe somebody got hurt, maybe something went wrong, but uh, it's good to have quality depth at wide receiver, and uh, especially in today's league where you need quality wide receivers out there. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I said, I well, you said it. Injuries, about the only thing I could really see at this point. Maybe he'll ease into it. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the season, he's displaced one of those guys, and they're kind of going, okay, uh, I would guess it's going to be either Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton just because of the contract side of things. Um, yeah. But Or maybe and it could be, like I said, Jerry Judy could be a huge trade piece for next season. You know, he's going to be on that fifth-year option. Are you really wanting to pay this guy long-term? He could put up some big numbers this season where teams are going, yep, that's the guy we got to go trade a first or second-round pick for. Maybe you're looking for your next quarterback and you're needing some extra picks, he could be that really big trade piece for next season. Certainly a possibility. I mean, they, they nobody is untouchable on this team right now with where they've at and where they've been. So uh, even Patrick Sertan, I mean, not untouchable. It'd be taking an unbelievable offer, right? Like a ridiculous yeah. quarterback-level offer. But uh, I don't think there's a single player on this team that's valuable enough that they'd be untouchable. So everything is possible. Robert Hartley coming in and saying, what's up, ball? Might be the first live I've been able to catch. Well, Robert, hopefully you're having a good time hanging out. Good to see you, Robert. Thanks for it. Hopefully this won't be the last time you catch us live as well. And hope you had a great Tuesday today. Hope uh, hope your day is going well. I know that out there in the Midwest today, they're getting just choked out by wildfire smoke. So hopefully not too bad wherever you're at. Jason O'Neill. Hey, Todd. How, hope you're doing well. Jason, good to see you. We got our guy, Zach Power, saying afternoon, fellas, with the cheers. Good, good to see you, Zach. Hope you're doing well. Always good to hear from Zach. Uh, he also says, hearing Chase Young could be traded and hearing the Eagles are the most interested, of course. What do you think it would cost and why not the Broncos? He's still on his rookie contract. I mean, Chase Young would be a really fun get. He's not lived up to the draft status. He looked really damn good his rookie year then suffered that injury. I, I don't know if there's something else going on there. The fact that they're already looking to move on from him. We kind of know that Rivera kind of runs a, with his military background as kind of a more tight ship. I don't know if there's any, any issues there with him, but supremely talented player. And if he was available, you damn sure that if I was in charge, I'd be at least calling to see what it would take. Yeah. And I mean, Eagles make a ton of sense. They're a team that kind of takes some risks on some players. And um, 
and they have the ability right now to take that kind of risk to, to maybe get them too. over the hump and right, right. be yeah. aggressive. That's a team that like, you know, the, you're no, there's no guarantee three years from now, four years from now, your team is ready to go now. Right. Go get a guy. Right. Exactly. So, um, Broncos, I have a hard time seeing them go this direction just cause they just paid Frank Clark some decent money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cap wise they are sitting pretty tight. Yeah. Obviously you got Baron Browning that you're hoping you can develop into a starter long-term, um, it, it, I don't think his trade value would be a whole lot right now just because he's had two years now of really down play. Um, I just, I have a hard time seeing Washington settle for anything less than like maybe a third round pick. I was going to say a second. I that's, I was probably leaning that way just because he was a top five pick and you still got to think. Wasn't he a top two pick? Yeah. Yeah. So again, they, they put such a huge investment into them. They're going to want to get something back. And I, I just have a hard time seeing teams be willing to meet that criteria. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, so, I mean, gosh, would I give up next year's second round pick to bring in a young edge player? I like Chase Young coming out. If there's, everything is fine as far as medical and... Uh, you know, background checks with character and stuff, then I wouldn't be against it. I mean, edge is a long-term position, a need for the Broncos. They could certainly use a, I mean, essentially that becomes your first round pick next season. And you take care of one of your long-term, hopefully take care of one of your long-term needs, but he's supremely talented. So would be interested. Good question there. Uh, Carol coming in here saying evening, all who's excited about training camp. Me. I'm excited as well. You're not the only one. Hopefully Broncos can stay. Like I said, stay healthy there with training camp. Uh, we got our guy Michael Ronquillo coming in with the stars saying good evening, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. That's what the hat says, right? Building the Broncos. Yep. And uh, go Broncos and Buckham. Good to see you, Michael. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate you always supporting us. Greg Smith in the house. Good evening, Broncos country. Hope you're doing well. We got our guy Ernie Mays in the house. Good to see you, Ernie. And I uh, did want to give a shout out here to uh, Matthew Freeze, who is Dehine, Dehine, uh, who I recognize him. I never put the, your username on Twitter with this, uh, but we had him come in and he had a question as well. But first, Phil wants uh, Scott's pulling up Phil here saying, Hello, Carl, Nick, and Deacon Scott. If we could, which would you take 
Ben Jones or Akeem Hicks, Buckham and, Buckham and MHH for life. I would take whichever one is healthier. Uh, I could use defensive line. Center is probably a more starter needy position, but center or interior defensive line, I'll take either. So whichever one is the healthiest is the one I would take. Yeah, I'm with you. I th- There's obviously some reasons these guys haven't been signed at this mm-hmm. point. Um, ben Jones with some of that injury history, like I said, is can he even pass the physical at this point? Yeah. Uh, we, we don't quite know. But if he is, I, I'd take a chance on him. I don't think he'd cost a whole lot. I think you can kind of do a little bit more of a prove it deal. You know, we'll give you a one million one million dollar signing bonus. At least you're not walking away if you get cut with nothing. But yeah. you know, and then build in the incentives that you stay healthy for this many games, if you're a starter for this many games, that kind of stuff. Um, but like I said, he, he's more the the starter. If you really don't believe in any of the other guys right now, that's one of those guys you go get. Yeah, without a doubt. So I, I'd be fine with either of them, but they both have long-term injury uh, questions. Matt Ioannidis is still out there as well, I believe. So we'll see about that. And uh, also Shelby Harris, I think. So unless those guys got signed when I've been off, off the grid a little bit doing things out in the Olympic Peninsula. But uh, we'll see. And Keith Brugman coming in with more stars here. You guys are making it rain stars. It's like a freaking uh, shooting star. What is it called? A uh, meteor shower going on in here with all the stars. Appreciate that. Saying tickets for training camp? Question mark. I hope to pick up some. Hoping people don't take the ones they don't need. It seems like the training, the tickets for training camp are going to be much more available than last season. Uh, so hopefully not as much of an issue, just not as much a hype for the Broncos with the fans from what I gather, unless I'm off in my understanding, are they selling less tickets this year? Or is it that no, there's less? They've sold? never sold tickets. So it's, fr- it's okay. free. It's always okay. been free, but it was kind of a, Hey, you just walk in. Yeah. And there might be, you know, when Peyton Manning was there, cause I went during that time, there was, I mean, the Hill was just completely covered in people. Now last year I went to training camp and we pretty much got front row seats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, there's a little bit of hype, obviously, around Russell Wilson. So there's still a decent number of people, but it wasn't quite as crazy as the Peyton Manning time. But now they're requiring you to buy tickets because I guess the maybe the fire department or police department, one of the two, they only want 3000 people at each training camp. And so that's why they had to put it for tickets. And you can only get you can only get four tickets. But and they go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, I'm just trying to give all the information for anybody out there that really wants to go to training camp. Yeah. Um, I'm planning on being there August 4th. If anybody would like to meet out there for training camp. Uh, but like I said, you got to get on there, get those tickets as quick as possible, because I'm really afraid you're still going to have those scalpers that come in, try to get as many tickets as they can because they're all free. And then be like, Oh, somebody really wants to go to training camp here, 25 bucks. I'll sell the ticket to you, which I, I really hope that doesn't happen. But you know how it is in our world. If you can find a money-making opportunity, some people will take advantage of it. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, right? The Taylor Swift stuff, so all that stuff, selling it for a, one year of tuition. I mean, it's cra- crazy. Not that I'm following or want Taylor Swift tickets. I got a backpacking trip planned during that, so uh, not going to whatever tour it is. But, uh, yeah, nope, scalpers, man. People will look for anything like that to take advantage of it. It's kind of a bummer, but is what it is. Did want to say hello to Ernie. Hope you're doing well. Saw this also from Michael Ronquillo. Did want to bring this up saying, Sending thoughts and prayers to Ryan Mallett and his family for the passing of Ryan Mallett today. He drowned. Um, sad day for the Ryan Mallett family, Arkansas family, NFL family. Uh, just really, a, really a bummer. So, yeah, God, be careful out there. Drowning the ocean, I guess. So, respect the ocean. Uh, hopefully, maybe that causes one less person to do it because they're like, oh, man, that, that could happen to any professional athlete out there. I mean, yeah. just be careful. Um, so, 
really sad about that. Definitely remember him out there at uh, Michigan and then Arkansas as well. Pretty highly rated recruit. Probably should have been a pitcher, but uh, I digress. I did want to say hello to uh, Daheen with Matt uh, Matt Fries. He had a question for us over on Twitter. And if you guys have questions for us, we don't get to it on here. Hit Carl and I up on Twitter. He got to us before the show, but you get to us after as well. He tagged Carl, myself, and uh, BTB on this one. So we're getting this one. He says, question for tonight if you have time. We're making time right now, Matt. Thank you so much. Says, uh, if there was a guarantee that one of the rookies drafted this year would become a first ballot Hall of Famer with their whole career as a Bronco, which rookie would you choose? All right, Carl, what do you think? So Scott and I were talking about this right before the show. And you're obviously looking for a premium position. Mm -hmm. And there's really only two players that would qualify under that, that heading Riley Moss and Marvin Mims. So, I mean, I'd love to have Riley Moss at the defensive back position, but I still think Marvin Mims would be the more valuable choice. Uh, Just wide receiver, especially first ballot. Because if you look at the hall of fame voting right now for wide receivers, I mean, Rod Smith isn't even in there and he has over 10,000 yards and there's a lot of top tier wide receivers that don't get in on a first ballot Mm -hmm. really to be qualified under that title. You pretty much have to finish top 10 in every wide receiver category out there. Yeah. So if Marvin Mims is doing that, like this offense is something special. Yeah. And do you have that true number one weapon that everybody has to respect Uh, It means that he did it beyond just one quarterback because his career would be beyond Russell Wilson. And it means probably the Broncos got a decent quarterback after him. There's just a lot of pieces that fall into place that make that uh, a really good choice of of all the weapons. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, It's got to be a position of value. And given, I think wide receiver is more valuable than cornerback in today's NFL, uh, especially, you know, playmakers out there. Teams can, you know, use those guys as uh, matchup weapons and, especially Sean Payton. So I think it would have to be Marvin Mims for me as well, as you mentioned, that if he's has first ballot Hall of Fame numbers, that means that the offensive system is playing pretty well also in the quarterback, as you said. I do think there is an argument, though, for Riley Moss, just because you might already have one first ballot Hall of Fame cornerback on one side, and then to have another first ballot Hall of Famer on the and uh, Patrick Sutan, the second for those at home, and uh, to have another one on the opposite side, and then the kicker, being that they get to stay their whole career as a Bronco. So my concern is you could have one that could be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Sertan's going to, you know, hit that money probably before Riley Moss would. Uh, So that would be the concern there. But because Riley Moss is guaranteed to stay his career as a Bronco, then to have Patrick Sertan, first time ever, uh, both NFLPA and AP, first team All-Pro, and then Riley Moss on the other side, pretty damn intriguing. Uh, But I agree with you. It's still Mims because of what it means for the overall offense and the the value of the wide receiver i would worry a little bit just you talked about a little bit the contract side things can you really pay two cornerbacks probably top five money for the position maybe it's one of those things where he's pretty darn good and you give it that second contract and then he just like takes off even more (laughs) you know the the kicker again is that he's guaranteed to stay and i'm assuming sertan is gonna stay uh, so, or maybe it's one of those things where you trade Sertan for three first round picks and then you have a future first, uh, ballot all pro, uh, in Riley Moss. So our first, yeah, first ballot all pro. So the answer is Mims in my opinion, but there is an argument for Moss as well, just because like having two cornerbacks that mm-hmm. are that damn good. I mean, the stuff that you can do, especially against Herbert and Mahomes the next, you know, 10 years in the division yeah. makes you a really unique team, a uh, unique defense that you don't have to have the world's best pass rushers or linebackers or safeties because you have two first ballot hall all pro or first ballot hall of fame 
cornerbacks. I mean, just unbelievable uh, what that would look like on a team. So the yeah. answer still Mims, but that's a, that's a fun one to think about. I do right. appreciate these hypothetical questions. Yeah. Like I said, I, I think it's just so connected to the quarterback. Yes. That it, it means probably beyond Russell Wilson, the next quarterback was, was pretty darn good to be yep. able to take advantage of a weapon like Mims um, because he doesn't have the, the greatest catch radius. So it probably means he got a halfway accurate quarterback yeah. that can get, get the ball to him. Uh, that That's the big kicker for me that takes him over the edge compared to, to Riley Moss. I'm not, I'm not against it by any means. Yeah. This is a good one. I like this comment here from Todd saying the podcast reminds me of the regulars entered cheers. So that's good. Norm. Appreciate that. Yeah. Where's Norm? I'll be your guys as Norm. It's all good. Uh, may I need you to maybe have an adult beverage after the show. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this, uh, yeah, Scott saying it's a lot, um, a lot closer to Frazier. I mean, I am out here in Seattle here, so uh, maybe we are leaning into that as well. <laughs> we got our guy Clayton here on saying, evening, guys, smash that like button. Share, been so busy with work. I'm still sticking with my gun, my guns. Uh, 10 to 13 wins, baby, hopefully. Ooh. Better offense, better defense, coaching all around. I'm telling you guys, we got a new Russ in town. I hope so, man. Uh, that would be incredible. I'm glad you're sticking to your guns. I am much more uh, kind of you know, slow your roll. Let's, I want to see it to believe it. Cause, uh, nothing hurts worse than, you know, getting over your skis and falling, but hopefully it's, uh, hopefully it ends up good. Where are you at right now, Carl? How are the vibes uh, in terms of Broncos country for you? I, I feel pretty good. I mean, obviously the last seven years make you hesitant to really yeah. say, Oh yeah, this is the year that we emerge, especially when the chiefs are coming off the super bowl, you know, you got pretty good teams within the division, not the Raiders. Of course, but and then the AFC in general. I look at the quarterbacks in the AFC, and it just makes it look pretty darn challenging to to make the playoffs. Yeah. If you make the playoffs, you're doing pretty darn good. You yeah. could make an argument that seven of the top nine teams are in the AFC right now. Yeah, you've got Philly, of course, San Fran, San Fran, and maybe Dallas could make an argument there a little bit. Yeah, but beyond them. That's all you got. And um, so, again, the Broncos are going to have to really earn it big time. It's not going to be an easy path to get there. And Russ, I think he'll be better, just the Sean Payton bump. But how much better really determines how this season goes. You know, if he can get back to his average, which was like 29 touchdowns and 10 or 11 interceptions, I'd feel pretty darn good. Yeah. But is he going to be back to that kind of quarterback again? I have my doubts, you know, if he can get to like 26, 27 touchdowns, I think I'd feel pretty good about this season, you know, depending on how many turnovers and, you know, when those touchdowns happen, of course, but, uh, but when we're just talking raw stats, if he can get even closer to that Broncos probably have a pretty good chance of being on the winning side of things. I just don't know if he's going to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply get there seeing is believing for me so i appreciate you know uh guys coming in and having faith in that but i uh, want to see how it plays out for myself uh but cautiously optimistic for sure i think that's an okay way to be things will be better this season probably most likely hopefully alabama chagrin coming in good afternoon gentlemen i love the show well we love you as appreciate you 
So I think our defensive line is good enough to let our linebackers shoot the gaps and feast on quarterbacks. Alabama, I love you. Thanks for coming in and uh, saying love the show, but I got to disagree with you on this one right now, just because I'm concerned about the the depth of the defensive line right now and the quality. You're talking about guys that are good enough to, first off, you're talking about an occupying defense there, where I think this is going to be much more of a gap shooting, attacking front uh, this season. And also, I think the depth on the defensive line scares me tremendously uh, right now. After DJ Jones, it's a lot of question marks. I'm excited to see what Zach Allen can do. What's his role end up being? Is he more inside? Is he more outside? 50-50. That could change opinions a lot. And then Mike Purcell is the only other guy on this team that I trust. He's been steady for the Broncos. Fills a role well, but he's older. He's had injury issues. So we'll see. So I don't know if I feel great about the defensive line in general. And then that doesn't even get to the, the questions about the edges also having their roles in terms of occupying and setting the edge against the run, which not been great for the Broncos the last few seasons. So I, I yeah. am concerned about the defensive front. You know, we, we kind of set our theme today about what is one thing, if you could hear it coming out of training camp, mm-hmm. that would make you feel better about this team. And I, I thought about this since we, we thought of this topic. I think the, the big thing for me would be, <clears throat> guys that are in their second and third year yeah. hearing that they have taken another step, that they are looking better than they did last year. And that includes guys like a you know, for that defensive line, him being able to take that next step would be huge. Uh, I, I think if he could actually become a starter quality guy, this defense really could be pretty darn good. Yeah. Just again, adding that extra depth. He has that length to be able to get into the backfield. He's got long, long arms. <clears throat> He's got a little bit of good first step ability. You know, if, if he could become that guy that emerges and maybe has that seven to eight sacks that just come out of nowhere that you weren't expecting on the season. Yeah. And, and it's not just about Ross sacks by any means, but I mean, just a pressure guy that wasn't there before. All of a sudden you go from, this is a question mark to all of a sudden, this is a strength of the team. Like I said, this team, all of a sudden, the sky becomes the limit if you can have a top 10 defense and an improved offense. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And we also got Phil coming and saying, what happened to the stash, Nick? Uh, my lovely wife is back from Italy, and she is not a big fan of the stash, so I made sure to take care of it before she was here. So the stash is for the mountains and when she's gone. So it was fun to have for a bit. I don't think it's a good look. Personally, Carl, you you flattered me saying it was a good look on me. I don't, I don't know. It was kind of silly looking in my opinion, but uh, it was fun for a bit and uh, now yeah. it's gone and I'll continue to work on the beard now. And then when I have my big uh, fishing trip at the end of July, um, it'll be back for those months in the Sawtooth mountains. There you go. I, my son was going through my phone earlier today, looking at my pictures and there's one of me with a mustache when I, my wife and I first just got married and uh, I, I only got it for like, 12 hours because my wife came home. She saw it, was so angry about it. She's like, get that thing off your face. She's kind of like your wife. Not yeah, my, my wife might be a little bit more just blunt and just, yeah, that's coming off your face. You're not coming to bed with me tonight kind of thing. <clears throat> and so he saw that picture and he's like, oh, dad, you should do that again. I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting in that kind of trouble. Two verse one, though, use the kids against you. This is, let's <laughs> see, this is partnership, right? That's what you use. This how That's right. It's for the kids, honey. That's yeah. the, you want the mustache. So but yeah, hopefully. that means I got to get rid of my comfort beard. That's know? true, but it's, it's hot just, right now, I right? Know it's true. If there's any time to do it, it's summer. Also, That's aren't true. you going to be alone for a few weeks? Just for a weekend. Okay. For yeah. just for a weekend. Well, 
there's a chance for the mustache to come out and breathe a little bit, have some fun, you know, take it out for a ride, see how it yeah. feels. So, <laughs> Phil coming in saying everyone is staying healthy. Name three players making the Pro Bowl honors this season. If everyone stays healthy, three players making Pro Bowl honors for the Broncos, I will go with everyone staying healthy. So I'm going to make an assumption here that somebody is already healthy, and that's Javonta Williams because he has Pro Bowl ability and it's going to be a run-oriented team, I believe. They made a huge investment in the run game infrastructure. So staying healthy, I'm going to take this a stretch further. Everybody is healthy. I'll take Javante Williams one. Sertan's the easy one. And then Justin Simmons as well. But uh wanted to have one on offense. I'll go with Javante Williams. A little dark horse. Hopefully he's healthy. That'd be amazing. All right. I'll go Jerry Judy. Okay. You know, he, no. he's been right there on that edge of a thousand yards. I think with a little bit of an improved offense that can really feature him a lot more and him staying healthy. I think he could become that. 12, 1300 yard kind of wide receiver and throw in another, you know, 10 touchdowns, eight touchdowns somewhere in there. And that's getting you right on the edge of pro bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you so much, Phil, for the comments. We have defensive line questions here. God, I could spend a whole episode just talking defensive line. So Zach comes in and says, do you see Zach Allen, DJ Jones as a three to four tech and Purcell as a nose and base. I mainly see Zach Allen playing inside based upon our roster. I think it's going to depend on the different looks and rotations as well. But right now I think that's probably what you see in uh, base packages with Zach Allen being the four eye DJ Jones, the other four eye and Purcell is the nose, but you have a chance to see some different looks up there. I've heard that they're interested in Matt Henningsen, some one technique and more pass rush, obvious situations where you can just use that of uh, the jump uh, to move forward. You know, he's really good. I think vertical and broad jumps is explosive forward. Maybe some of that situation as well. And heck maybe Zach Allen plays some more, Edge, not stand-up edge, but you're looking for more of like a four-two-five look out there. Maybe his edge, and then you see somebody like a Wazarike in there and DJ Jones. So going to be some rotations out there as well. I think DJ Jones' best spot is still as that one technique and a more of a four-man classic front, given the lack of length uh, that he possesses. But we'll be uh, we'll be very curious uh, to see how it all plays out with those guys. Right now, I agree with you. That's that's how base would look. Yep, I'm with you there. All right. Well, Carl, I wanted to give you the floor here. You want to talk a little bit about uh, training camp here today and things that you're excited about with training camp. Uh, yeah. So what are you thinking right now? Broncos obviously announced their uh, training camp schedule today. They are going to be, as I pull up the uh, the thing here, but uh, they're going to be obviously missing off a lot of Sundays. They're not going to have training camp this year, which is great uh, having it off, even though I thought maybe they'd have something like that. Sorry, let's give me a second while I pull it up here. Okay, let's share the stream. And that's good enough. There we go. Great, great live radio for you guys. There we go. Training camp. Here we go. Broncos training camp coming up here. 28th, July, 29th, July, 31st of July, 1st, August, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 2nd, 4th, 5th, 8th, 9th, 15th, 16th, and 17th. All practices begin at 10 a.m. Complimentary tickets available for all practice, but tickets are required for entry. So excited to see uh, that Broncos, um, training camp this year and uh what are you thinking about in, t- in terms of uh training camp that now that the dates are announced carl yeah like like i said earlier i the the main thing i always like to see is those guys that are in that second third year of their rookie contracts you know i, I don't have a whole lot of expectations from rookies uh i like the draft class that the broncos have i, I see a, a clear path for a lot of them to get decent playing time this season mm-hmm. but th- they're always supposed to be the icing on the cake not really the, hey, we have to depend on these people to, to be successful. And so those second, third year guys, 
you know, who, who's going to be that next player that emerges as that quality starter that you didn't expect? You know, Caden Stearns, can he take over and and actually become the starting safety? You know, that, that's one of those names where he's been really hyped up by a lot of people this offseason. Can he actually really solidify that here at the training camp? Um, you know, again, those two defensive linemen from a, a couple years ago, can, can they take that next step for the Broncos to really give them some actual depth at the position? Um, you know, Baron Browning, can he be back healthy? Uh, Jonathan Cooper, another one. Can he take another step in his development to, to become a quality player for the Broncos in that edge, you know, kind of rotation? I, I don't expect him to be the starter unless there's injuries, but, um, you know, those kind of players. I, I need to see them take that next step for me to really believe in this team, to actually think that they can get to that 10 win, 11 win, 12 win kind of area. I, I just, without them, this team, I think they're the top that they could get to is about eight wins. Yeah. Oh, man, we've been talking a lot about this position today, but for me, taking that next step, the guy who would have the biggest impact on this team overall would be Jerry Judy. I know he's already a starter, but when you compare him to, you know, CD Lamb so far, and especially Justin Jefferson, he's been, you know, not amazing. He's been a good, a plus number two, I would say, a very good number yeah. two. Can he step forward and go from that top 30 wide receiver to that top 15, top 10, taking that step forward, entering year three, is still a very young player. And now with a offensive mind that if he, if, if Jerry Judy is going to take off, it's probably in this situation with this offensive scheme where they really do isolate guys and uh, set them up in the best position to succeed. Now, granted, some of it's going to be dependent on the quarterback, of course. Uh, but for me, I think when you'd mentioned like guys taking that next step forward and really just changing the landscape of this team, Jerry Judy is the one that just, for me, really, really stands out. Now, granted, I understand that I'm coming at from a already pretty high spot, so it's not like saying, God, let's say Jonathan Cooper comes in and he becomes a Pro Bowl player. That would probably be more impactful given the floor to what that goes to. But right. as far as real realistic talking, the situation, when you talk about guys I'm excited to see and what it looks like and how everything plays out, right now i got to say it's probably Jerry Judy. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um there's a couple of players that I think about that if they emerge at least to a starter quality player could really make a huge difference. Uh, Damari Mathis, mm-hmm. you know, for that, that cornerback group, you know, since we have so many questions behind that of Patrick Sertan, if he emerges as a starter quality guy, that he's not a huge liability on the field really changes the landscape of that defense. You know, like you said, if Jonathan Cooper goes all of a sudden to be in a pro bowl <laughs> that really changes things for the Broncos. Um, Greg Dulcich, if he becomes a consistent weapon for the offense, that that could become another thing that teams have to worry about, Mm -hmm. you know, game planning for. Right now, none of the tight ends probably scare anybody in the NFL. I mean, Chris Manhurts is a scary individual. (laughs) He's a massive, you know, person. He's Uh, physically scary. Right, right. But when we're talking about game planning, yes, he's not a very scary person. Um, So. The Broncos just, they need somebody that nobody's talking about right now to become somebody that during the season, they're going, wow, where'd this guy come from? You know, and maybe Jerry Judy, like I said, if he goes from 950 yards to a 1400 yard wide receiver. Yeah. All of a sudden, okay. We got ourselves a true number one on this team that teams have to worry about. And for, for Sean Payton, having that Michael Thomas kind of player, that teams really have to figure out how, what are we going to do with this? And then you got everything else that opens up because of that. Um, you know, th- there's just so many things that 
like I said, those players taking that next step have to happen for this team to be successful. Man, talking about taking that next step for the podcast to be successful. Troy Bauer coming in saying, hey, guys, can't join now. We'll listen later. Thanks for talking Broncos football during the dead zone. Well, we're here. We're enjoy hanging out with you guys. Keep bringing the questions. Uh, we'll keep answering them as best we can. And if you disagree, God bless you, man. That's not personal. Uh, we're just here to talk ball and have a good time. Uh, we also have Lawrence Rivera saying, me, I'll join. I don't know what you're joining in, Lawrence, but we appreciate you. Maybe talking <laughs> training camp or something, but shout out to you. Also wanted to give Sting Guy a shout out saying off topics. His uh, sister fell and broke her pelvis, went in the emergency room uh, this morning and is in serious condition. So all prayers welcome. Good vibes, prayers. Uh, keep us in the loop. Hopefully everything is okay there. That's yeah. uh, that's no good. Uh, falls are going to be very, very serious. So hopefully you get better news here very soon. Um, and yeah, hoping for the best for your sister. Uh, Carl, I had a very spicy one here. When you talk about a guy emerging kind of out of nowhere to become a quality starter in this team, what do you think would be the most spicy one? Coming out of training camp, somebody like is just like, oh, bleep, this guy is unbelievable. <laughs> Alex Forth- Forsyth? Jarrett Stidham. Oh, okay. I mean, you talk about it's really big impact. I mean, what if it's in training camp here and we come in here? Russell Wilson's been great, but Sean Payton, the Broncos paid Jarrett Stidham pretty good money. And when you heard him talk about him, they spoke pretty highly about him. Now, I think Jarrett Stidham is far more the break glass in case of emergency, in case something's seriously wrong with Russ and regressed. But I mean, if he comes in and kills it, I mean, Jared Stidham, the question has never been the arm talent. The guy has the goods in terms of the velocity and the spiral and the ability to play touch. It's just been more decision-making processing playing in that Baylor and Auburn scheme, which is kind of back then, you know, make believe football out there that Art Bryles power spread, uh, you know, wide, uh, wide hash mark offense. So one that would be very, very spicy would be if we come out of training camp and we're like, there's a few days where Jarrett Stidham was the obvious better quarterback. And yeah. that is something to watch going forward. Now, God, which toxicity and chaos that would lead to. Don't even want to think about that. But you talk about guys stepping from where did he come from? That would be one that would be wild. And I mean, just I, an unbelievable topic and storyline. Yeah. Plus on top of that, he turned down the Raiders offer. Yes. To stay with the Raiders. He was pretty upset about them not really wanting to commit long-term and um, and decided, you know what? I'm going to go give this a try with, with Sean Payton. So you're sticking it to the Raiders that they lost a quality starter quarterback. You know, their guy's injured right now in Jimmy G. Plus then you got your quarterback possibly moving forward. You can start moving on from Russell Wilson and his contract. So yeah, I, I get it. That that would be, that'd be an interesting one. I, and I think about that when Russell Wilson came into the league, you know, the, the no. Seahawks had just paid a quarterback pretty darn decent money. God, who was it? <laughs> Matt Flynn. There you go. It was Matt Flynn. And so everybody's, you know, talking this guy up. He had his, what, 400-yard, six-touchdown game and his, like, one start for Green Bay. And everybody's going, oh, man, this guy's that next guy to really step up in the league. And all of a sudden, Russell Wilson comes and unseats him as a rookie. Could you imagine that happening to Russell Wilson now of a guy? I mean, he's not a rookie, obviously, in Stidham. But he's had very few starts. And everybody's talking about Russell Wilson, not talking about Stidham. I just kind of wonder what kind of choice would they make after handing that contract to Russell Wilson? I don't know. I mean, it'd be, it would be one of those weird things where it'd have to be like so obvious to everybody watching. Yeah. Right. Like just in training camp, like, Oh man, he's killing it out there. Like, what are we doing? But 
obviously training camp is different than preseason is different than regular season. So we'll be, we'll be watching that. I don't think, what did we say? Like 2% chance of something like that happening. 1% chance, even outside of the injury side, maybe two to five. I'll give it a little higher than that, but that's uh that would probably be the most interesting and probably have the most ramifications on this team long-term. Uh, so we have Zach powers coming in saying JTO Sullivan had a really great breakdown of Jared Stidham. Very intriguing quarterback. could easily went over the wide receivers would be pretty crazy. Uh, Curtis Campbell comes in as high end for backup quarterback, seven, eight million. Stidham got two years for 10 million. Yeah. He didn't get crazy, crazy, crazy backup money, but again, he's been talked about pretty highly. And if he comes in and Russ is struggling and Stidham's picking it up, what Sean Payton wants more. I don't know. It'll be interesting, especially Jay, uh, who the Broncos bring in now is the, was it Davis Webb? Who, who is the, the new young off uh, quarterback coach? Is it Davis yep. Webb? Yeah. So going to be wild. Um, will be fun to watch. I still think it'll be Russell Wilson, but who knows? James Richard coming in $5 with the uh, the Predator picture there. My goodness. Says it's uh, hard to give a prediction a following year with four plus wins. However, we're definitely getting five wins. Feels good. I think we can safely say that as well. Uh, the Broncos went hardened the offseason in terms of free agency to really solidify this team. Spent more guaranteed money than any NFL team in history, I think, in one offseason. Granted, the salary cap is exploding. Uh, so that's not like proportionally probably not the most ever. But by pure dollars, they did. And Sean Payton in here. I think you're pretty darn safe to say uh, five wins is a very easy floor for this team, if not if not too low. Well, I, th- I think he's saying add plus four to what we had last year. Oh, okay. I thought you yeah. were saying four plus. It's very difficult to give four plus wins. Yeah. So. Plus yeah, four I, wins, yeah. Um, so I, I, a couple months ago, I did some research on this. Of the teams that spent the most in free agency, how much that actually improved their team and actually, the first year, they most of them had a pretty decent bump. Like, I don't think there was any of them that actually finished worse than they did the year before. Uh, hmm. And I think the average was about three or four extra wins between the last 10 years of the top team that spent in free agency. Some of them, I think there's a couple of them that end up with like five or six extra wins compared to the year before. Now, the year after that, there is a, a decent drop off just because, one, you've got a harder record because you've usually moved up in your division. Mm-hmm. So you're either doing a first, second um, kind of tier of you know teams that you're playing compared to the fourth level that the Broncos are at. Um, and, and two, some of the bigger parts of the contract start hitting in that second year compared to year one. So um, you might start having to make some cuts compared to the year before. So uh, I do see the Broncos having a pretty good chance to have a decent bump. Like I said, three or four wins, I could see it. You know, five then you're starting to talk about some playoff seeding. I mean, that's pretty much what you need that extra five wins to really compete in the AFC right now. Yeah, it will be, uh, will be fun to follow. This team is definitely going to be much more competent this season, but football is a wild game and Broncos are in a very tough division. So we'll see how it plays out. Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, you, do you guys think it's possible for Greg Dulcich to be a surprise pro, pro bowl guy this season? I think it's definitely possible. Um, mainly because a, where the Broncos throwing the ball with the tight end position uh, at first did not sound like Sean Payton was super high on Greg Dulcich, but then you had him recently talking about him being kind of a mismatch guy. I'm seeing a more H back usage for Dulcich as well. The other thing in here is how many good tight ends are there, right? Like I know voters, especially looking for receiving numbers here. They're just, I mean, outside of Kittle and uh, Travis Kelsey, I mean, there's not a lot of guys that, you know, move the needle at the tight end position. So if Dulcich comes in and has an awesome season, Sure. Why not? I don't think the competition is crazy there. Yeah. 
So do you know which Titans made the Pro Bowl last year? I'm hoping TJ Hawkinson. He did. Okay. George uh, George Kittle. Yep. Mark Andrews, even though he yes. was injured a lot of the season. Yeah, he's he's been injured a lot. And then uh, Travis Kelsey. Am I missing some too? There's, there's well, still... I mean, he didn't play, obviously, because he was oh, in the Super yeah. Bowl. Um, Dawson Knox. Interesting. And then the, the Buffalo Bills turn around and use a first-round pick on a tight end this season in Dalton yeah. Kincaid. And so. Knox last year had 48 receptions and 517 yards and six touchdowns. So I, I don't think the bar is really all that high. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> you go put up 600 yards and eight touchdowns, you got a pretty good chance of making the Pro Bowl as a tight end. Yeah. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see. I mean, Kyle Pitts will be healthy this season, so he's one that you obviously don't want to sleep on. He's only, what, 22, 23 years old now. And uh, Chiefs aren't making the Super Bowl this year, I hope. Uh, so uh, that's another one in there. But uh, we'll see. It'll be very interesting to follow. But I think there's certainly a chance that Dulcich could make it. A lot of it's because of his own accord and merit, but also a lot of it is due to the due to the issues on uh, the lack of tight ends in the league. James Richard Cohen said, dude on my left screen was correct. Four plus win. So that's you, Carl. I'm yeah. I'm incorrect. We can just copy and paste that one. <laughs> Doubling your wins is very hard. Uh, so, I mean, I hope that happens this season, but going from four to eight is uh, far from a guarantee. So I'm hoping the Broncos right around 500, but that's a monumental uh, jump. Any team doubling their win total is a huge step forward. So hopefully that's correct. Um, but uh, we'll see. We want to see what it plays out like this season. Need to see if Russell Wilson is not broken. Is that more of a reflection of just how bad Hackett was or just how great Sean Payton is? That's probably a little bit of both. And it's also stuff that we talked about on here. The one score luck was terrible last season. And also the injury luck. I mean, gambler's fallacy. It resets every single time. You know, it's a dice roll. You could roll ones over and over again. Every single time it's the same odds when you roll. Uh, But um, the Broncos, you'd assume at this point, would land somewhere more in the middle rather than the worst injury luck in football that they had last season. (laughs) So hopefully it'll be better. Uh, But back to our main topic. Are there any other players that uh, of interest to you that you uh, really could come out of nowhere this season that could take a step forward that could have a massive impact if they became a quality starter quality player, if not an above uh, average quali- uh, starter quality player. I'm trying to think here. <clears throat> I, I, I have guess... one while you think I, I okay, I, go I, ahead. somebody who had some quiet buzz, but still buzz uh, coming from uh training or from mini camp this season was Jaquan McMillan. Uh, obviously mm-hmm. the Broncos made him the highest uh, undrafted free agent in the 2022 cycle. And uh, he is one that you have Christian Parker here who everybody adores uh, on the Broncos. He's probably not here for much longer. The defensive backs coach, he's been working a lot with Vance Joseph uh, to kind of blend some pressure stuff with uh, and run fits into coverage packages on the back end, apparently. And I guess Jaquan McMillan was pretty good in uh, mini camp. So what is his role exactly? I mean, maybe he's the super dark horse beats out Demari Mathis and, uh, Riley Moss, maybe, or maybe he ends up being a guy who's kind of a, you know, super guy slot uh, as well. But Jaquan McMillan, I mean, he's one that apparently there was a little bit of buzz with. We don't want to over hype the buzz because a year ago it was Michael Ojemudia getting that kind of buzz who didn't do anything for the Broncos, but he's one as well that I think at least I wanted to give a shout out to. Yeah. Can I, can I just say a position just because I don't know who the starter is going to be? Sure. Center. You know, if one of those guys actually emerges as an average center, mm-hmm. Can you imagine how much that really just bumps up the offensive line ranking for this entire unit? 
because I feel decently about the other four guys. I mean, not great about them all. Ben Powers is probably one I feel the best about. Um, Miners, I probably feel pretty decent about. He, he was pretty banged up last season. When he was healthy early in the season, he was pretty darn good. Now, given he was kind of surrounded by a lot of bad, so it's kind of hard to tell on some of that. But um, And McGlinchey, I mean, he's going to be a good run blocker for you. We'll have to see if he can hold up as, as a pass blocker. But And Bowles, can he stay healthy? Is going to be the big question with him. Um, so again, if, if those four guys play up to what I think they're going to play, and then you have a center that emerges as an average guy, I think you've got the, you've got a big piece of the puzzle solved for the Broncos. Yeah, that would be a great one. Uh, so we got Vin E. Pastia Digital coming in here saying first time joining live. Well, awesome. Vinny, appreciate that. It says finally greetings from Houston. If we stay healthy and don't make the playoffs, that can't, that just can't happen. AFC is tough, man. If the Broncos were in the NFC, I'd feel pretty darn good about them sneaking in somewhere. Uh, but the AFC is a gauntlet. Buffalo, Chargers, uh, Cincinnati, Kansas City, uh, Miami, New, New England, uh, just like Pittsburgh, Baltimore. I mean, it just goes Cleveland. on and on. Jacksonville. I mean, unbelievable how talented the AFC is on paper compared yeah. to the NFC. Things can change there. Obviously, that's why you play the game. Uh, but right now, the... Broncos could have a pretty darn good team this season, have a massive turnaround and still be on the outside looking in when it comes to playoff football. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It just, it, it's unfair how many great quarterbacks are in the AFC right now. Yeah. And unfortunately, even Rogers coming over. Yeah. You know, if he, he's back to a little bit closer to what he's going to be, you could have three teams emerging from the AFC East. Just crazy. <sighs> yeah, it's uh could be a wild one in the AFC uh this season, but uh we'll see. Uh Broncos one week at a time, right? And that's cliche, but it's true. You just got to keep stacking wins and eventually, you know, look at it at the end of the season and hopefully you're one of the last teams standing. James Richard $10 coming in. James with the second super chat today. The I don't really love the predator Third. face. Third. God yeah. bless. I don't love the predator face, but if it keeps coming attached with the uh, super <laughs> chats, then maybe I'll grow to love it. Um Sean Payton, he says, Sean Payton brought in players that are run blockers and runners. If we don't have success running the ball, it will be the same. Russell Wilson has had and needs a running game. Preaching to the choir, James, it was whatever the, was it week five last season where the Broncos lost to the Chargers on the road? It was the muffed puff game. I think it was week five. Uh, that might've been week six or week four. I don't even remember, but that was one where it's like, okay, uh, as much as I hate to say it, Pete Carroll was hundred percent correct. Russell Wilson, not a high volume passer, definitely not quick game, middle of the field. He needs the run game to function because the quick pass game has been trash and uh, the run game. You can't have a functional offense with no run game and no short pass game. You have to have one of those two be good to move the football. It can't just be three point contest the entire time. Just it's right. not going to work. You want to use those other two to build to that. And you can have quarterbacks like God, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. The run game was still valuable, but you didn't have to have the running game as much because they were so good in the quick pass game that that functioned as the run game. But with Russell Wilson, not the case, has to have the run game to function. Right. No, I'm with you there. And, and, and you're right, James. If they don't have those things show up, if their game plan to go get these run blockers and, you know, obviously have add P. Ryan to the running game, you're hoping Javante's going to be healthy. If those things are not moving, this offense is going to, to really struggle. You know, last year we saw teams uh, week one. The bootleg was kind of working week one. Because teams were kind of like, okay, they're going to try to run the football with Javante. 
But then after that, when they started seeing the run game wasn't going to be as strong as they thought, all of a sudden, let's just stop the bootleg. Let's just make it sure that, sorry, uh, that Russell Wilson has to has to stay in the pocket. Man. Let's make him play from that. Let's take away the deep ball, make him have to throw these quick hitting passes, you know, on time. And he just looked completely lost. You know, I, I think we really saw a little bit of one of the, the big weaknesses for Russell Wilson is he's not great at full field reads. You know, if you give him a half field read, that guy's going to tear you apart. You know, and Seattle was great at that. But you saw him kind of going, you know, head just going back and forth, back and forth, and just wasn't quite sure where he should be going with the football. And there's just too much, too much for him to look at. Yeah. And, you know, once you start questioning those things and you're a half, half, tick, half tick slow in the NFL, you're done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be, uh, We'll be interesting to see how it plays out. A lot of Russell Wilson conversation today. And uh, Phil McLaughlin with maybe our last super chat today as we start to wrap it up saying, okay, guys, trivia question. Name the best Bronco player of the 21st century. No quarterback. So the 21st century would be the one that we're in right now, right? 20th, yes, 21st century. Sometimes I always mix those up. God, it's <laughs> good degree here, but can't figure out the 21st century. So the last uh, 23 years, best Bronco player of the last 23 years. I mean, I, I think there's two choices. I think I'm probably going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the guy who won a Super Bowl ring in number 58 in Von Miller. I still got his right here. This guy. I think you're supposed to keep him in the uh, <laughs> the thing, but he he rocked the mustache. Maybe that's my influence there. Yeah, um, there you but, go. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I'm going to have to go with Von Miller there. Super Bowl winner. I mean, what he did in that Super Bowl run as well. I mean, unforgettable. Uh, build the guy a statue now. I know he's not a Bronco right now. Maybe he's going to be the guy that kicks the Broncos out of the playoffs this year. I don't know. But it's Von Miller for me, hands down. The other guy I know you're going to say he was incredible, but he didn't have the, the, the moment that Vaughn had. It's true, but he was a first ballot hall of famer champ yep. Bailey. Yep. You know, I, again, that, to get the first ballot in today's NFL, you know, 20 years ago when there wasn't this backlog of all these players mm -hmm. um, that are, you know, trying to fight for the hall of fame. Now it's kind of turned into, unless you are like, top five all time at your position, you're not going to be a first ballot kind of guy. And Champ Bailey, he falls into that kind of category where you could really make a good argument for him being a top five cornerback all time, if not top two or three. You know, I, I'd put Champ Bailey there just because I think he's one of the best all around cornerbacks. Now, maybe not the best coverage guy per se. I mean, at, at the height of his career, he was. But just his ability to help in the run game as well as in the pass game, uh, just second to none. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And shout out to uh, Zach Power saying DT. James Richard saying Trell Davis. I don't think he was 21st century. He's 20th century because he got... Well, he ran in 2000. I don't think I can include him in 2000. Uh, but uh, get, good to give him a shout out there. And that's the fourth one there. Um, Phil McLaughlin also saying Ryan Clady. Again, Ryan Clady is incredible. Cut short. Uh, I just think, I think you have to go with uh, Von Miller in that front. But... Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think there's. A, I I would not hear anything else. Sorry, Carl. We'll just forget everything you just said about Champ. A great player, love Champ. DT also shout out, but it's Vaughn. It's Vaughn yeah. Miller. No, um, that was so. gonna be my choice. I agree. Yeah. I, I do think it is him, but it really does come down to those two guys. If we're talking non-quarterback, yeah. 
Yeah, without a doubt. So, uh, yeah, guys, that's going to have to wrap it on up today. Uh, we appreciate everyone coming and giving us a little bit of a pause or, I guess, a timeout while Chad had something else going on. But we started late and we still go, you know, 52 minutes. So that's awesome. <laughs> Make sure you're following Carl and I t- on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler, MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BTB underscore pod on Twitter, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says there underneath, for those of you watching live, subscribe to the show, uh, subscribe to the channel, like the show, and share it to your social media platforms. We always really do appreciate that. Carl, any final thoughts before we wrap it on up here on another episode of Building the Broncos on these awesome Tuesday nights we get to spend hanging out with you guys? No, just uh, like I said, I'm planning on being at camp. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter. If any of you guys are planning on heading out there to camp, make sure you guys get those tickets. Don't just show up on the day. I, I don't want anybody to get turned away at the door because of this new policy that they're in, uh, putting in. But excited. Like I said, we're about a month away. I think, what, the 28th is that first day of camp that you can actually go to, and we're on the 27th of June. So it's getting there. We're, we're I know we're in the downtime, but – I'm just excited to see what this season brings for the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, should be a great year for the Broncos. Going to be exciting. Going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for everybody doing here. And Tay, if you're going to troll, you're going to get on out of here. Sorry, buddy. I'm going to put you in timeout. Scott would boot you. I got to you before. Um, oh, I guess Scott beat me actually to it first. Um, so uh, there we go. Tay was banned. Sorry, man. How's Russ doing? He's doing probably better than you, uh, but better than me too. So appreciate everyone coming in. Hope you're doing well. Let's get to wrap it on up for today's show. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. Have a great one. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.